Good morning and welcome to St James's Church for our Bible readings and our sermon today. Our first reading is from uh, the first letter of Peter, chapter 4, and it's verses 1 to 3. And Peter wrote this. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had, and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, and it's chapter 9 and verses 51 to 56. As the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messages ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's take a moment and turn to God in prayer as we consider his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us. And we ask that you would fill each one of us now with your Holy Spirit, so we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, an encouraging passage this morning from, uh, well, part of our series in uh, 1 Peter, saying, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Hurrah! Let's talk about suffering. Let's talk about pain. Um, I don't know about you. I personally am a complete wuss. When it comes to pain, uh, headaches, toothaches, uh, joint pain, a, a cut finger, anything like that, I hate it. Uh, and it completely disrupts the way I pray. Uh, I, I, always, I always I just start praying that the pain would go away. The, the pain completely um, takes over. My, I just want it to stop and I want God to take it away and I want God to take it away now. Uh, it, yes. It is not something I'm good at. Uh, I'm just intrigued this morning when the Bible talks about pain and being ready to accept pain. Um, what does that make you think of? So for all of us, uh, there are different kinds of pain that we suffer. For some members of St. James, I know that uh, there are conditions that we live with which means there is physical pain on a daily basis. For others, uh, when we talk about pain, actually, the main pain is in grief. Uh, you know, it's only this last week that we uh, lost Orville Francis. She's passed away. Uh, and we're preparing for her funeral uh, in the weeks to come. And so bereavement and grief can be uh, a very real pain. And something that stays with us that 
that hurts us on a daily basis. For others, it may be um, it may be mental health, it may be anxiety about things that we're dealing with, things that we're facing, uh, that these things cause us pain, that it's 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 painful. Uh, it takes away our ability to sleep. Uh, it takes away the joy that we have in uh, some of the good things in our lives that that we used to enjoy. Or maybe uh, there's pain in relationships, whether it's a family relationship or a friendship, where something's gone wrong, and every time we see the person's name or we think about them, or a place we used to go with them, actually that 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 hurts us. Now, the first thing to say is that there is no pain in heaven. The Bible says God will wipe away every tear from their eye. And so when we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Part of that is praying that where we are would be more like heaven, which would mean there being no pain. And you know at St James we pray for healing, we pray for peace, we pray for uh, reconciliation for anyone who asks, for anyone who is disturbed in any way. But actually, Peter gives us another perspective, which is to ask the question, what is thou purpose? What is the main thing that we are called to be about? Now, our gospel reading uh, is very clear about Jesus' situation. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem. Jesus is going to die. Uh, it says in Luke nine fifty one, as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Uh, Mark's Gospel talks about Jesus setting his face to Jerusalem. There being an understanding for Jesus that what lies ahead for him is physical pain, uh, spiritual pain of being separated from the Father. There is going to be death in his future. And he is saying, this is where I'm going. I am in, I'm going to be in pain. He embraces that and he is focused on going in that direction. So as they travel, it's their practice to go and find a place to stay, to make arrangements. And so Jesus is sending his disciples ahead to find a place for them to stay, to find them some food. But they've gone to a Samaritan village. And we know that the Samaritans and the Jews, well, the two of them just do not get on. Uh, the Jews hold that they are the true people of God and they worship in Jerusalem. The Samaritans are those who were brought in by the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Uh, when the Jews were in exile, the, the Babylonians mixed people groups up uh, to make it harder for them to rebel against the Babylonians' authority. And so in Samaria are those who have who are Jewish by tradition, but have married other people and it's all slightly more, or slightly less kosher, let's put it that way. And so the Jews will not talk to the Samaritans. And so the Samaritans, feeling rejected and hurt, would not talk to the Jews. 
And at various points through the Gospels, we see that playing out. But this Samaritan village, they learn that Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. That's the worship centre for the Jews. Therefore, he is not for them. He is going to the uh, the Jewish centre of power. He's going to he's going to where the Passover we celebrated for the Jewish people, not the Samaritan people. The Samaritan people are not allowed in Jerusalem. Are not allowed to the temple. And they say, fine. Well, if you're for them, you're not for us. You're not coming in. And they close their doors. They say to the disciples, you're not bringing him here. You're not welcome. And so the disciples are incensed. They come back to Jesus. They say, Jesus, they're not letting us in. They're they're not welcoming us. So shall we call down fire from heaven and destroy them? (laughs) Which it's funny. The disciples in so many places, they're lacking in faith. They're lacking in a belief that Jesus has power to change things or to do things. If you think about the feeding of the 5,000, you think of the calming of the storm. The disciples don't believe in Jesus' power. Yet at this point, when they are angry, when they've been rejected, they've got lots of faith. Jesus can destroy people. Jesus can call down fire from heaven. Let's do it now, Lord. Let's get them. Let's make them pay for the way that they've rejected us. And... Luke's gospel says simply, Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. <laughs> it's, it's very straightforward, isn't it? Jesus, I wonder what form the rebuke took. I wonder what words Jesus spoke to his disciples. But he said he rebuked them. And they went to a different village. And that was the end of it. But actually it struck me that I'm very like the disciples. If someone rejects me, If someone hurts me, if someone treats me like I am not worth all that I think that I am worth, I will be very angry and I will I will want to spite them. I will want to fight back. I will want to uh, assert my own importance and, um, you know, how I should have been treated. Even something as simple as when I'm driving and someone cuts in front of me. I'll want to make clear that what they've done is not okay, that I'm deserving of better treatment. Um, even when the person in front clearly could not care less, um, and there's not a lot I can do in the, that situation, there's not a lot I should do in that situation, let's be honest. Uh, but the disciples with me kind of go, ah, someone's, someone's treated us disrespectfully. Let, let's smite them, Lord. Let's do something about it. And Jesus just says, no. They go on to another village. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem. He knows what's ahead. And whether a village accepts him or rejects him is not important. It's not going to bring his mission to a close. It's not going to affect things one way or the other. He has come to suffer and die. And that's going to happen whatever these Samaritans say or do. So we might as well just carry on. I have to be honest. Although I know in my head that the most important thing is that we are in relationship with God 
And the most important thing is that he has called us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the important thing. Actually, I get very tied up in my own comfort, my own standing. I get tied up in um, how my life is going, in how my life should be going. So if I'm in pain, my focus is in the pain stopping. If I'm disrespected, my focus is in people seeing that I should be respected, restoring that respect for myself. And actually, our passages say are clear. Our attitude to be the same of should be the same as that of Jesus, which is where we keep the main thing, the main thing. We're focused on what God is doing. We're focused on what God has called us to do, and that alone. And we carry on. Now, Peter, uh, although it doesn't sound um, encouraging. Uh, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Great. Thanks, Peter. I really appreciate that. But Peter goes on. He says, if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. There is something, Peter says, about embracing the suffering about seeing that we are like Jesus when we do suffer. And that actually when we do suffer and we recognise it as being part of this world, which is not forever, actually that helps us put our selfishness aside. It helps us put the things that we get so worked up about that those things we get to put in perspective. To focus on what is important. And what is important is God. What is important is his work, his will, his life. St James, you have been so kind to me since I lost my mum back in May. Um, and, I'm, you know, grief is hard. But actually, that's life. My mum was never going to live forever, except in that spiritual sense that she is with Jesus now in her spirit. If I invest myself in keeping my family together and alive, I will be disappointed. I will be upset because ultimately they are all going to die in this world. And that is that is the world we're in. Whereas if I'm focused on what God is doing, if I'm focused on helping my family know God and to be spiritually alive, then I can be at peace. I can rest knowing that uh, all that's important is is in place. It has sustained me over the last months knowing that my mum is with Jesus, that she isn't in pain, that she is she is well and alive as much as I miss her. It is very, very hard 
as Christians to have the same attitude as Jesus. He's our example, he's our model. But we are human. We are fleshly, we are we are made of clay. And so God has filled us with his Holy Spirit so that we can try and be more like Jesus, so that we can experience pain and grief and suffering and not be overwhelmed by them. I'm not trying to say that these things aren't real, that they're not true, that they're not difficult. But as Christians, we have another reality. We have a spiritual reality that our God is bigger than all of these. And these things are temporary. They're for a short time. And our life with God endures forever. And actually, that's what we have to share with other people. Not that God offers us uh, peace or freedom from pain or healing, although he does. What we offer to other people is a chance to be free from this world, from shame and guilt and uh, those things that, that separate us from God and other people. The gospel is freedom. It's salvation from oh, everything that we try and hold on to. So today I just invite you whatever pain you're experiencing, whatever you are suffering, whatever you are struggling with, not to hide it, not to pretend it isn't happening, not to not to try and smile through it, but just to come to God and say, Lord, this hurts, but help me to see Jesus. Help me to see the way that he suffered. Help me to see that he is alive and reigning in heaven now. So that our pain might be given that perspective. And that we might be able to set our faces to do what God is calling us to do. Now I'm recording this Saturday lunchtime. It is a miserable day outside. It is rainy, it is wet, it is cold. And actually Ali right now is out on Ealing Road High Street uh, with Anil, with Kia, with Dima, with whoever else has come for healing on the streets. They are in waterproofs, they are in wellies, they have umbrellas. They are doubtful if anyone is going to stop and talk to them, because it is a miserable day. But our calling as Christians, as St James, is to say to other people, Jesus is for you. Jesus offers you healing and forgiveness and freedom. And so that is what they are doing. And they are going to come back cold and wet and tired. But having done what God's asked them to do. That's our calling. Our attitude needs to be the same as Jesus. So we're not focused on our own comfort. We're not focused on the way other people see us. But we're focused on doing what God asks us to do. So today bring your pain to God. And sit in his presence and ask him, what does he want you to do? He's not going to ask you to do anything that he's not going to equip you to do. He's not going to ask you to do anything that, um, that you're unable to do. So let's sit. Let's say to him, Lord, what? 
what would you have me do? In the light of my pain, in the light of my grief, in the light of my suffering, what are you calling me to do? And let's trust him to give us the resources that we need to go through our pain and to do all that he has for us to do. Let's pray and let's ask for his grace in this week to come. Almighty God, we thank you for your great love. We thank you for the gospel truth that this world is not our home, that this pain and suffering we feel is not forever. And we pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us again, to give us grace to do all you are calling us to do. Lord, would you show us what you want us to do? Would you draw us nearer to yourself and work through us in our weakness? We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening, for watching, uh, and I do hope to see you soon. Stay safe and uh, know that God is with you and he loves you more than you could ever know. See you soon. Bye bye.